Today I would like to explore forgiveness with uh, like a bit of emphasis on self-forgiveness, but uh, forgiveness in general, the practice of forgiveness. And somehow I would like uh, to say something similar I said last time when we talked about self-compassion. Also, the practice of self-forgiveness or forgiveness is a provisional practice. It is not a liberating practice. Because it makes only sense to practice forgiveness when you are still identified with the fictional self, with the narrative self. That there is someone who did something to someone. So, it's stories. So, as long as we are stuck in the illusion of separation, of course, then a practice of forgiveness makes sense. Because you have a sense that there is an I, and that I did something real, or to that I something was done in the past, something real. And... uh, all that is made up. So as soon as the narrative self is recognized as what it is, made up, a pra- the practice of forgiveness is not necessary anymore. So, uh, to get to a deep experience of anatta, (coughs) bringing more space, uh, allowing some healing to happen, these uh, provisional practices, they they are helpful. But there's actually nothing to forgive. Nothing really happened. That what is rebelling against what I just said is the fictional I. So now it's again the point where I almost stopped the talk. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Because uh, the problem with this um, provisional practices is that they, in a way, also solidify the narrative self, the fictional self. That's how it lives. Of the fictional self wants wants things to be there so that it can forgive something because this is how it lives. It's a problem sucker. That's where it gets its energy from. It loves to have something in his life or her life 
which needs to be forgiven. And uh, forgiveness, what ha- w- forgiveness, which happens on that level, of course, it, that is that is good, and it gives a relief. But it's a never-ending forgiveness project. It's uh, it, it, so there will be always more things to dig into and there will be always the feeling for the narrative self that horrible things happen to it and that it does horrible things. Of course the fictional self, which is now listening, says, yeah, but it really happened. It really, really happened to me. It really, it's true. Something horrible happened to me. But you can't find that me, and you can't find that which which apparently was done to that non-existing me. So we are we are working within a dream. We are using a dream method to to solve dream problems. And it does not, in the same way, self-compassion or self-forgiveness does not address the real problem, which is the (coughs) fictional self. That's the real problem. As soon as as that is seen for what it is, there's only love. And everything is recognized as love. So I have, again, like last time, a bit this dilemma uh, of solidifying something. By pretending that we have been hurt. This is uh, what I just did. is called starting at the end. <laughs> well, in the tantric teachings, it's called taking the result of the path into the path, getting there by being there, like having a, sh- a short glimpse that there is actually nothing to forgive because nothing happened. And you can, you know, when I say that, you can, you can f- f- probably, you know, you go back into your past and you say, is he saying it didn't really happen? Because it really happened. Yeah, I really say it didn't happen. I 
mean, that's not me. That's you know, that's what uh, the Buddha says. It it didn't really happen. The whole thing collapses once the narrative self is looked through. So that's where we need to. That's where we are headed. Even if if uh, the narrative self sitting in on a chair there is rejecting it or it doesn't want to listen to that, <laughs> that's what we, That's really what where we, where all the Buddhist teachings heading to. Uh, some of you you know the book by Shantideva, the Bodhisattva Tara. It's like eight chapters of you know practices you can do working with anger, patience, and so on. And then in the ninth chapter, Shantideva says, in this first verse, he says, everything what was being said so far is being said for the sake of wisdom. So for the sake of realizing, seeing directly that you don't exist. And that nothing happened. You are in a strange club here. <laughs> you have not realized it. <laughs> Anyhow, what a wonderful feeling. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's a, something in, I mean, there's a lot, of course, in you now saying this is bullshit. Yeah, because it really happened. And it really happened to me. And it's painful. But something in you also, and I'm talking to that right now because the other one is not going to listen. Something in you feel, ah, oh, yeah. It's true. And that is this kind of, ah, oh, like a little relief. And then the provisional work of forgiveness can be done in a more light way. I mean, you do it because obviously there is residues of uh, imagined attack. And it's good to address that and to take that serious. Um, But there can be also this, this moments where you realize that the whole thing can drop. In one, I mean, the, the the provisional forgiveness practice is a is a process. Mm-hmm. I, like it takes years, but here we can see it can drop from one minute to the next, a, a second, one second. Uh, everything can be forgiven. It's not a process. It can be just explode the whole thing. Everything can be forgiven. No process. By realizing who you are. And by seeing who are you not. 
and you're not the narrative self with a story of having hurt others and being hurt. You are not that. That, that, that the one you are was never heard. So let's sit quietly with that, taking the results of the path into the path. <coughs> Connecting with what is happening now. Noticing the aliveness, the aliveness in your body, the aliveness around you. And uh, recognizing stories and thoughts for what they are, stories and thoughts, not more, not less. You don't need to do anything with it. If it helps you, you can lightly place your attention on the breath. But it's also possible to just <coughs> open your heart, your awareness, Turning, if you get entangled, Notice in the aliveness of this moment, there's nothing to forgive. If you don't rely on thinking, there's nothing to forgive.
And if you don't rely on thinking, then there's also no I, no self. There's spacious aliveness. Spacious aliveness without separation. here if there's nothing to forgive. up thinking what is here if there's nothing to forgive. like the sky. Turning, resting.
relaxing into a yes. few years back I made a thorough research into forgiveness. I don't know how many books I read, but you know, I guess around 10. And there's uh, really amazing stuff out there. I will send you some links uh, of the literature I used and the, the links to the, to the projects who are investigating <coughs> forgiveness. And, uh, there's also a lot of research, like with self-compassion. I mean, there's more research actually into forgiveness because the projects, like there's a Stanford University forgiveness project, for example. And they, they have been working with, uh, you know, thousand, thousands of people. And first I thought I will kind of read the list of the benefits of forgiveness. Um, but uh, so you can, those of you who are interested in that, uh, you can check it up. It's, uh, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's such a powerful medicine, forgiveness. And not forgiving is such a powerful stressor. can really destroy our life, and it destroys our health. And the, the research uh, of these uh, big projects, and they work with the most horrible things. I mean, not like someone stealing your parking, parking spot or mm -hmm. something like that but really with the big, horrible things which happen on this planet. And it's, uh, it's inspiring to read, to read and also to hear some of the personal stories people have had through the practice of forgiveness. It's like, oh, so beautiful. And then there's uh, these different projects. They have different programs. Uh, so how to 
cultivate or how to train forgiveness, how to relax into forgiveness. And they are slightly different. There's, uh, there's some common, common things in them, but they have also different approaches and different uh, views. Um, so I will just uh, bring up some of the things I remember. And then we have a break, and then I will lead a forgiveness meditation. And in the break I will read through my notes if I for forgot something uh, important. One thing uh, to start with is to become aware of the pain of not forgiving. And when I say now forgiving, I'm talking about forgiveness, but also self-forgiveness. <clears throat> to become aware of the pain. Because forgiveness is a gift to you. It has nothing to do with the, with the other person. It's really something which you do because you suffer from not forgiving. Because it is obvious if you have done something to someone, or something was done to you, the pain you still experience is something you inflict onto yourself now, and you can stop it. So it's not like it, we, we don't practice forgiveness for others. I mean, it can be also a gift, of course, for another person if you forgive, but it's, it, it's something you do because you suffer, and the suffering is not inflicted by what happened. The suffering is inflicted by your thoughts about it and that you are stuck in the story. And the only person suffering is you. So the, this forgiveness work does not depend on an apology of the other person. Does not mean that you need to see that other person ever. It is a uh, it is um, a healing gift for your own for your own psyche. Forgiveness does not mean to forget about it or pretend that it didn't happen. 
or it doesn't also mean to condone harmful behavior, either your own or the other. So through forgiveness, you're not saying, yeah, it was not that bad. And And forgiveness also doesn't mean to put yourself into similar situations again. Actually, forgiveness could be a big help of not doing that, of not staying or bringing yourself in a situation where similar things could happen. One part of one, so the, the process of, it's a first, it's a process, forgiveness. So it's, uh, so accept the forgiveness I talked about before. Yeah, so now we are moving into a, a different, a different view to, to handle the world. So it's a process and it's different for everyone. And usually it's, it's a, it's a healing process which goes deeper and deeper. So you, you might come to a point where you feel you have let it, you let it go and you're in peace with this and then you start to see after some time there's even a deeper level still there. And there's many different components which could be part of this journey of forgiveness. And the different projects, they, or the different methods they, they use, they have some of the components. It's like put, getting some puzzles together and adapting them to your, mm, your, 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 your worldview, uh, you know, your personality, because obviously, if you have a, a kind of a, a view, like a Buddhist view or a Christian view, then uh, your forgiveness project can have other components than like a materialist. So it's, it's really, uh, there's no kind of rules. Um, and also, we can't, we can't, we can't set. We can't set the time we need. It needs the time it needs, and we are not really going to understand what forgiveness is, like love. It remains a mystery. So none of these projects has a kind of one, two, three, four, and that's forgiveness. <laughs> and now we know what forgiveness is. No, it's something. It, 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 it's not something. It's not something you can really do. Because you don't know how, and nobody knows, and nobody knows what forgiveness is. But through these different components and reflecting on forgiveness, we can kind of create the condition that forgiveness can happen. The letting go can happen. The healing can happen.
almost all of the projects uh, agree that an important part is to allow yourself to feel the pain of what happened. So forgiveness project is emotionally very difficult. It is challenging. So it's not, so forgiveness is not, and that we might hope that, is not a path of disconnecting from feelings. Because uh, it requires a willingness to feel all the different feelings which are connected, which is grief, which is anger, which is helplessness, which is uh, which is uh, despair. So that's uh, that. That is like that's why it is so important to have a strong motivation and a strong intention to really to really uh, to understand how you torture yourself to not forgiving, to really see that, to feel that, to under to know, to understand. Wow, this is. This has nothing to do with the other person. This is in my inner world. There's something in my inner world. And I mean, it's a it's a tough thing to stop to stop the blame game. To take responsibility. To become an inner being, what, what the, the Tibetans, uh, they, they don't have a word for Buddhist, but they, they call practitioners inner beings. So people who take responsibility for their feelings. And of course, that's also good news because. You can't control your inner life, but you can do something about it, like learning a forgiveness method. So, whatever that forgiveness method is, whatever the practice is, and then actually doing it, but not only once, not only twice, not only one week, not only one year. So, what makes this difficult for us is that we have we living in a in a, in a society of emotion phobia. Like feelings are a problem. And then desperately seeking methods, also spiritual methods, methods to disconnect from feelings. So then there needs to be a time of, and this time can be years, of shouting out your hurt and 
being with your hurt and, and being taken serious in your hurt. I mean, if you would talk with me in that phase, I wouldn't say, oh, there was is nobody and you, you were not hurt. Obviously not. So, your pain, the, this is also in self-forgiveness. The pain of having hurt someone needs to be felt. And forgiveness does not mean to uh, kind of gloss it over and say, yeah, so I, I just let go. I did this, but uh, so I, it's empty. And, and, and some people, for many people, there needs to be a lot of space for that phase of being with the pain of what you did or what happened. And then what sometimes happens is that people make the jump too early. <coughs> So the jump into uh, you know, pretending to see the emptiness or the jump of, yeah, my father, he actually tried to do his best, which is true in, in one way, but in another way, it's fucking not true. And you need to express that. And you need to allow yourself to feel the rage, to feel the hatred, and not gloss it over with some spiritual niceties. I shouldn't feel like that. We are all human beings, and he really tried his best. And he was hurt himself, which is true. But guess you get what I mean. You, you also feel it in people, you know? So you feel it in people when people say, yeah, my parents, they, yes, they, they did their best. And behind you feel the rage, the hurt, the unexpressed feelings. And then, if you meet that person a year later, and she says the same, it's true. She generally, she, generally, she generally sees how oh, my father is also a human being. Just like me. Another point uh, all the different uh, projects agree upon is how important the intention is. Just to have the intention, the aspiration to forgive. Just to have the aspiration, yes, I know. And I want, but I can't. This is very powerful. I said that before. Aspiration, intention makes a really big difference. The healing work really starts in that moment where you make a deep prayer 
and saying, I don't know how I can do this, and I can't do right now, but please, I want. I really, I'm heading towards forgiveness. Because I have understood that is the place of healing. So in that moment, there's already like, no, there's already like a bit of, yeah, a bit of freeing yourself from the slavery of your own mind. Hurting yourself again and again and again. So there's already, you already kind of step a bit out and you see this is actually something forgivable. And it is. I mean, if you, you, if you do some research into forgiveness, what people are capable to forgive, it blows your heart. I'm talking about parents who lose their daughter through rape and murder, for example which is probably the most horrible thing which can ever happen. I'm talking about people who lost their countries, their, their culture, their families. They lost everything. So it is possible. And one can be inspired, but still acknowledging where you are. And still, and, and, and honoring and being loyal to where you are, how you feel. The, the, the feelings connected, the feelings which are stored in our body. It's unrealistic to think this can be done in a few days. They would be even maybe too, too overwhelming, too powerful. So it's like a, a slow a softening. Sometimes, um, I guess it's the same for you, I, I, I receive a teaching, what, like one sentence, which really makes a difference in your life. Like, you hear this sentence, it comes from the right person at the right place, and it shifts something in you, and you still remember it. Yeah. And one of these uh, moments happened for me, it's quite some years ago, maybe 10 years ago, His Holiness the Dalai Lama gave a teaching in, in Hamburg. And it was a question and answer session. And a couple came up, came up asking a question. 
And the question was uh, that they, they had an abortion. And, uh, and then coming in contact with the teachings and uh, there was this immense pain and this immense guilt and very difficult feelings around it. So this was already very touching. So like this young couple stepping there in front of thousands of people, you know, saying we had an abortion. You know, and a Buddhist teacher in this moment can say all kinds of stupid stuff. Horrible stuff. So I was a bit like... <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> what's going to happen now? Yeah. But then His Holiness says, said, Two sentences, and he said, we are all human beings, and we all make mistakes. And I was like, oh, I love you, Dalai Lama. <laughs> this was, I mean, that, of course, that's a sign of a real master, yeah, kind of really he could have answered all kinds of stuff, yeah? But he, he really, uh, this was like, we are all human beings, and we all make mistakes. The other, powerful experience I had with uh, a, a teaching uh, around forgiveness and some of you have heard this story, story before I told it before uh, is Ribor uh, Rinpoche he passed away a few years ago he was one of the first uh, Tibetan masters I met and Ribo Rinpoche had spent around 20 years in Chinese concentration camps. And uh, he said that if I would tell you what we experienced on a daily basis, we, you wouldn't believe that. wouldn't believe what we experienced. And then someone asked him, were you afraid? <coughs> were you afraid in that time? And Ribor, and you know, you, you should have met Ribor Rinpoche. I mean, he was a, he was the Superman grandfather. <coughs> Superman grandfather. He was he was really like, a, I mean, kind of a. His whole body was just love. Love. It was like, so, like entering a force field of love. This is a miracle. I mean, I, I've met uh, many Tibetans who have 
experienced horrible things. And some of them are traumatized, but, but some of them not at all. So Reba Rinpoche answered, yes, there was a moment where I was afraid. I was afraid that I would lose my compassion to the Chinese. <laughs> I was afraid that I would lose my compassion to the Chinese. Then, of course, Jesus. I grew up with Jesus. And forgiveness is one of his big things big thing. There's, uh, of course, this Father forgive them. They don't know what they do. Yeah. Father forgive them. They don't know what they do. But there's another very powerful story around forgiveness, and that is he came across, Jesus came across this, now imagine that, you know, so, I mean, <coughs> 2,000 years ago. Jesus came across a scene where a group of men were about to stone a woman who was unfaithful. Yeah? They were just, you know, so they, they sentenced her, her to death through stoning. So Jesus steps into the scene and he says one sentence. The one who is without sin may throw the first stone. I, I still remember where I got that transmission. I was 10 years old or something like that in a little church. The one, and then, of course, what happened? A short reflection. Or oh, the one without sin. <laughs> boop, boop. Each of the stones fell to the ground, and they all just walked away. I, I didn't, I didn't see this in in the work of the forgiveness experts. This is like my own personal uh, experience. Uh, how to relax into forgiveness, and that is, I had this kind of bit weird, strange experience in a retreat. <coughs> where I experienced 
to say that. Where I experienced the life of a Christian monk in the Inquisition who tortured people. So I, I, I kind of, uh, I, I had the experience and I completely understood why people can do cruel things. By seeing this is in me. Cruelty is in me. And this is this kind of experience where after I couldn't I, 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 I couldn't point my finger anymore to anyone with I don't understand how anyone can do things like this. Because I understand why 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 we all can do things like this. So this is for me one of the puzzles which you know, come into the forgiveness project. We hurt each other because we are in pain. And not forgiving is adding to the pain in the world. It's adding hatred into the world. So, obviously, that does not mean, uh, going back to the beginning, you know, some of the writings around forgiveness, they start with what forgiveness is not. Yeah, because uh, we have we have to have uh, like a understanding of what is that kind of forgiveness we want to actually develop. And forgiveness here does not mean to condone harmful behavior. To to forgive yourself, for example, for having hurt a person you actually love does not mean to say, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, shit happens. It does not mean that. It's actually owning that pain, which is, you know, I mean, one does not need to take it so personal because we all, I mean, it's, it's like, it's, in, it's, it's a potential we all have. And if we now make a leap of faith and, you know, uh, assume the possibility of past lives, then it's obvious that we all have been uh, victim and predator in, in different roles. There's this beautiful poem by, by Thich Nhat Hanh. Uh, it's called uh, Call Me By My True Name. And he, he is... Uh, giving many examples, and one of them is, he, I mean, he uses a very personal examples and example, and that is uh, the Vietnamese boat uh, refugees. And then in this poem, he says something like that, and I was the little girl which is raped, and I was also the 
the person who was raping, the pirate who, who was raping. It's, um, it's sometimes shocking to, to realize the, to re realize the potential in oneself to rape. Or to realize the potential in oneself to torture. Because it, it's, it's like, I mean, it's, it, somehow it's nice to, to just see it in other people and pretend that you don't know it. And then it's also shocking to realize if you want to rape the rapist, it's the same. Of course, then you would say, "Yeah, but I'm I'm right because uh, I was, I, I, I mean, rape is not just one example. Uh, I was the one being hurt. So I kind of I, I'm 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 the good person. And then to see that. Your urge to hurt back is the same. Can I ask a question? Yes. Um, I, I, just, I think I have a question around sort of purifying your karma mm -hmm. through suffering. Yes. There's this idea you know, that mm. if you want to purify the karma or your life, you need to suffer. Yeah. Uh, yes, but the the purification happens when you don't respond to the pain in the way which caused the pain. Then purification happens. So if you have pain, like, like let's say you have the pain of having a horrible person in your life, then that becomes a purification when you respond to that pain not in a horrible way. That's the purification. It's not just the suffering. The suffering itself does not do anything. It can, it can make it even worse because unfortunately what, we, what, what our instinct says is or what, what we instinctively do in that situation we respond in 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 angry ways or in, in mean ways. So now I think most of you are aware that I love anger. Yeah, so I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm not saying like don't be angry or something. Yeah? But there, there is a, a <coughs> so that, then it's purification. This, this, like this um, story, you know, is it with Minareapa when he has to build up towers and tear them down? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would that process of, be, I mean, I understand the, that's the, an image. Yeah, so that, no, it's not an image. I mean, I <laughs> 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 yes, but uh, I mean, if 
Milarepa would have done it with the motivation of a builder, builder <laughs> then then it wouldn't be a, a purification practice. But it becomes a pu purification practice through the context and the intention and and the mind uh, being involved. Uh, but that would be um, so. When we talk about methods, or l like learning methods of forgiveness, this kind of so-called purification practices, like we did the Vajrasattva practice here, so that would be uh, a, a wonderful technique or a wonderful method uh, to, uh, uh, to work with this kind of situations. Self-forgiveness or forgiveness of another person, yeah? So then, and then, and then, and then, uh, a situation where where you were hurt, uh, they are tr they are transformed then into a stepping stone towards liberation, because you dissolve the the theme which comes up through this situation in your life uh, through um, through holding it. Uh, with wisdom and compassion and doing something, mantra or building towers or whatever, um, and then and that can then uh, uh, that then that can heal this this energy. Can I ask something the same? Yes. Uh, I met a, a woman. Uh, one time, uh, a Buddhist practitioner, and she had taken a vow to um, purify all her karma from this life and other lifetimes. Mm. She was in a horrible state. Mm. She was, she was ill, and she was cold, and uh, it was said it was because that she was purifying her karma that she was in this state. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> too much for her. Kind of it's difficult to say because I don't know the woman, but just the way you say it, it's, it's, um, it's very likely that something is going wrong there and that it is based on misunderstanding. But I don't know her. No, me either. I just met her once. I, I just told the story that this was mm. the way of purification. Yes, from 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 the from the teachings on karma, it's true that a situation like this can be, but then it's the same. Yeah, can be a purification. It depends on how she holds her suffering, what she does with it. If you no, know, when there is pain in your life, it can either become suffering and meaningless, or you can transform it into the same pain into something where you grow, where you uh, extend the capacity of love, of patience. Yeah, there is a choice there. The, Choice is a bit too much, almost. Yeah, but uh, but um, there is a 
there is a possibility uh, to do that. Yeah, but you can't just. Um, I mean, you can't just decide. Uh, it's more like, like you get a teaching or or you understand it by yourself, but then you also need to train the, the attitude you want to have. Uh, what uh, did, I mean, when someone would say to me, when someone would say to me, I want to purify all my karma, and um, I'm doing that, uh, and that's why I experience this horrible situation, then it's based on a misunderstanding because you can't purify all your karma. No, you can purify all your karma only through the direct recognition of emptiness. You can purify karma, all your negative karma. I, I actually don't like this kind of talking, but since you brought this <laughs> up, you know what happens with me when <laughs> when I when I uh, when I talk like this or a question like this comes. What happens? In, my mind goes in one direction, and that is. Shit, there is no person who has karma. Mm. The whole thing is based on, on a fantasy. The, the, the whole thing uh, of karma and past lives. And is, it, so, so if you would ask me now, are there past lives? Then where my mind goes then in, uh, I, can't, I can't find the one who can be reborn. But, sorry. <laughs> this is a bit of a mix <laughs> of... Uh, uh, so, but, so, where was I? Karma? You can only hear... Yeah, so, uh, it's, it's a kind of superficial view on kind of a bit of magic thinking, kind of childish thinking that Vajrasattva practice and going through suffering will purify karma. It doesn't. What purifies karma is to realize nothing has happened and to nobody. That, that's purification of negative karma. And the rest, I mean, the, the other practices, the Vajrasattva practice, and like, yeah, I, I, I purify my karma because my life is so difficult. That is a provisional practice. It, 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 I mean, it, it's of course for the for the for the woman, it makes a huge difference because her suffering becomes meaningful, and that's a big that's a big deal. But to lift this contraction uh, to suffer meaningless suffering into a bit more space and a relief that creates a condition where you become ready to realize that there is nobody there who could suffer. And that is the purification.
And uh, many people who would say things like that, or who do like Vajrasattva forever, I don't know why they, why they don't get that part. Because it's, all, it's, it's said always, when you get a, like when you get a teaching, I mean a, a good teaching, so Vajrasattva, like a, from a master. It's, it's, it's there, it, uh, it's, it's there in the teachings. Uh, well, it has to be a profound understanding of emptiness. Yes. So maybe that is the difficult part. Yes, and that's why, out of compassion, uh, the Buddha gives provisional teachings. For example, uh, I mean, of course, we, every one of us would do the same. We would, uh, well, not maybe everyone, because there's also people who think they are right. But, but uh, I mean, like if you, were, if you have genuine, a genuine wish for, for a person to, uh, to, to, to suffer less, of course, you, you try to give that person the medicine which, is, which she can take. So uh, it's natural to say to to uh, to invite this woman with a very difficult uh, health situation to invite her into the inside that she can reduce their suffering, reduce her suffering through relating through the pain in a different way. That's lojong. That's mind transformation. To think about what is happening in a different way. So that that, which is only bad, becomes actually something where you grow. And that's good. And then from a Buddhist point of view, uh, either in this life or in her next life, she will get the real medicine. She will get to the ninth chapter in the Bodhisattva Tara. And will be actually ready to, to read what is being said in the ninth chapter. Um, probably many people uh, would actually reject the teachings that there's nobody. So it would make the situation even worse. Because the 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 fictive fictive uh, fictive 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 the, the narrative self doesn't want to let go of our suffering. The the, the fictive fictive the sounds no. fictitious fictitious the fictitious the fictitious self does not want to forgive, because it lives from not forgiving. It holds on. So if, if you say to... The, if, if you say to someone too early, it's all made up, that's mm. <laughs> yes. It's it's not helpful. You actually might lose the connection to the person and will not be able to help anymore. 
That's why we work with compassion. Yes. So the, the, the compassion... Will no. melt it. So, so, so the comp genuine compassion um, makes you, well, it, at least it gives you the intention to give people what they need at that moment, the medicine they, they need. So it's like, because you... It's not about being right, or you know, this is how it is, or so it's it's like okay, so like tuning in into a person and feeling what kind of worldview has this person, what can she digest, in which phase is she is she in her grief or whatever, and then having enough tools and an, enough different maps stored, in, in and and not but not. Not thinking, of it. it's like karma, this is how it is. And then kind of shove, you say shove? No, push, push, push your stupid, childish view on karma uh, in, into the throat of this pure, <laughs> pure person, and it makes it worse. That's not compassion. So you need to, you know, you need to know the materialistic view. You need to know the neuropsychological view. You, you need to have, you need to have the capacity to navigate different ter territories without being attached to one of the maps. And then you can, then you can reach people. It's a bit difficult, of course, in a group because you all need different maps. So. <laughs> yeah, but since you are since you are hanging around now for a few years, maybe you like the map I the maps I'm using. Yes, otherwise you would have disappeared already.